the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. In Matthew, back in Matthew, notice the text one more time, because as we continue on looking at this text, we see that there is a type of disconnect that we see taking place between what is happening with them and how the Lord is responding to it. There is this type of disconnect happening. We, we, we see this because this storm has come upon them, but the text says Jesus was asleep. He's sleeping. And so this disconnect was so apparent and so alarming to them that in Mark's account of this, we are told that the disciples of Jesus come to him and they outright ask him, Lord, don't you care? We're about to die. The disciples of Jesus, it, it, this disconnect, this, this thing, they, they're battling this storm. They're fighting to stay alive. They're, they're fighting for their lives. And they look at Jesus and he is catching Z's like nobody's business. He just knocked out. Just, just sleeping. Just, <laughs> just, just, just sleeping. And the disciples, they, they, it's so alarming to them. So apparent, this disconnect. That they come over and say, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care about us? Don't you care we're about to die? Don't you care what we're going through? Doesn't this matter to you? It's good, God Almighty. This disconnect that is there. And so the experience of the storm caused all of Jesus' disciples to begin to question the Lord's care and his love. And his concern for their very lives. The storm caused them to question the Lord's love for them. The storm caused them to question the Lord's care and his concern. And even his plan. 
good God. Lord, do you really know what you're doing? Do you, do you really care about me? Do you, do you really love me like you say you do? Because if you did, I sure wouldn't be going through all this. This would not be happening to me. I would not have to deal with this. I would not have to deal with that person. It would be completely different if you really loved me. Y'all don't want to preach with me today because y'all know I'm, I'm all up in your back pocket. I'm, I'm in your purse counting your chains. I'm, I'm looking at your keys, jingling them right now. I'm, I'm messing with y'all today. Lord have mercy. Lord, if you loved me, I wouldn't be going through all this. This storm, this storm, it's, it's, it's so intense. It is so abrupt. It is so overwhelming. How can you say you love me? And I'm having to deal with all of this. Dear ones, based upon what we are seeing in the text, there are at least two things that I would like to point out to us on today. The first thing, dear ones, is this. in, in, In that we are given a glimpse here into the types of things that can begin to happen in us and with us when a storm is upon us and our faith is lacking. What we see with the disciples is what can happen in us and with us when a storm comes upon you and your faith in the Lord is lacking. Because when there is a lack of faith, dear ones, at these times, it can produce in us things like fear, panic, doubt, distress, hopelessness, an expectation of the worst, depression, anger, Questioning and despondency. Amen. Y'all know you, you, when when you were going through that th- when you were going through that storm, there were, in your mind there was an expectation of the worst. Yeah. You were expecting the worst. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Amen. You were like, I'm going down. This is it. Just get, just get the obituary ready because I ain't making it through this one. This is it. I'm done. That's a wrap for me. Or that's a wrap for this relationship. That's a wrap for this marriage. That's a wrap for my finances. That's a wrap for this job. That's a wrap. You, you, you thought you were done. Because the storm impacted you. And there was a lack of faith in your life. You were strong before the storm. You were confident before the storm. You were, you were standing steadfast before the storm. But the storm exposed your fears and it exposed your weaknesses. It showed you you're not what you think you are. You're not who you think you are. Lord have mercy. The storm. All these emotions, all these feelings start coming up out of nowhere. Fear, despondency, anger. You're getting angry. I'm I'm tired of going through this. I ain't taking this no more. People will come and say, hey, Marla, how you doing today? I'm fine. Just leave me alone. (laughs) Take it down a couple notches, Marla. Just just bring it down just a little bit. And then you got to go pause. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snap at you like that. I didn't mean to go there. I'm just going through some stuff. Just pray for me. I'm just, y'all know I'm talking to you. Y'all know I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to you right now. You snap on folk at the heartbeat. You're just going off because you're angry about the storm that's blowing in your life. 
You're fearful. You're frustrated. You're discouraged. You're doubtful. Doubt has, has sunk in. Doubt has crept into your thoughts. Doubt has crept in where you thought faith was strong. Doubt has crept in. Doubt has permeated through the crevices. And now it is beginning to expand. You thought you were strong, but now there's doubt creeping in and you're starting to wonder about God's plan, about God's care, about God's love. Lord have mercy. All of these types of things can begin to happen within us because there is a lack of faith on our part. And that lack of faith, it either causes us to wonder if the Lord will help us to get through the storm we're in. Or it causes us to wonder if we're capable of handling it all, even with the Lord's help. See, we, 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 see, see, ain't nobody in here. Tell you, say, ain't nobody here going to say, no, no, I, I know God can, God's able to do all he can. God can do everything. God can do all he wants to. God is all powerful. He's sovereign. He's almighty. He can do whatever he want to do. That's not the question. The question is, even with God's help, you're wondering if you can make it through. If you can handle it. I know he can. But can I? Can I handle it? Can I stand the stress? Can I stand the pressure? Can I make the changes? Can I make the adjustments? Can I do what's needed? Can I do these things? Even with God's help. Lord have mercy. And And so these things come upon us. The storm exposes these things. But the second thing that this helps us to see, dear ones, as we see what's taking place in the text, the second thing that helps us to see that in many situations, dear ones, how we respond to things and how the Lord responds to those same things, they're not always the same. How the Lord responds to our storms and how we respond to our storms are not always the same type of response. We're angry and we want God to be angry because we're going through the storm. We are frustrated and we want God to be frustrated because we're going through the storm. Lord have mercy. And so we, how we respond and how God responds are not always the same. How we respond to things, dear ones, is based upon things like what is happening to us right now. That's how we respond. What's happening to me right now. How we respond is based upon our limited ability to have and to know all the facts concerning that thing. And how we respond is based upon how it is impacting us emotionally, mentally, and physically. How is this impacting me emotionally, spiritually, physically? That's how we respond. Our responses are based upon those things. But how the Lord responds to things is based upon such things as His complete and total control over every aspect of it. The Lord responds to things based upon His control over every aspect of it. I'm going to respond this way because I control every aspect of it. 
how the Lord responds is based upon his full knowledge and his full insight concerning what will take place in the future. And how he responds is based upon his clearly defined plans and purposes that he is working to carry out. And so what we need to realize and remember, dear ones, is that just because we are panicking does not mean God is panicking. Just because we are freaking out does not mean God is freaking out. And just because we are frustrated does not mean God is frustrated. And just because we are discouraged does not mean God is discouraged. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able... After you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. And dear ones, whether we realize it or not, that is a wonderful and blessed thing. That is a wonderful and blessed thing to know that God does not respond to our storms like we do. Because it would be a scary, terrible, and horrible thing to know that we serve a God who responds to storms like we do. We would be in a fix. If God responded to storms like us. Yes. But notice the text. Notice the text. But back in, back in Matthew, the eighth chapter. Verse 25, it says, And his disciples came to him. His disciples came to Jesus and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We perish. And he says unto them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. Now, Jesus gets up from his nap and he begins to address the situation that they are facing at this particular time. And dear ones, we're told in Mark's account of this story that Jesus, the first thing he does is he gets up and Mark tells us that he rebukes the wind. He rebukes the wind. Now, the word rebuke that Mark Mark uses there, it comes from a Greek word that means to find fault with someone or to admonish someone strongly, like, like strongly correcting a child for misbehaving. And so Jesus gets up from his nap and he rebukes, he strongly reprimands the wind. 
he strongly admonishes the wind. How, what, what's wrong with you? Why are you blowing like this? Don't you realize who I am? Don't you understand who it is you're blowing against? He strongly admonishes the wind. Stop this. Stop behaving like this. Y'all know how you talk to your kids at times. Stop this. Stop behaving like that. Stop it right now. He strongly admonishes the wind. He rebukes the wind. Stop it. Right now. Stop. Then the scripture goes on to say, and he speaks to the sea and tells it, peace. Be still. Now, 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 now. We need to understand that what Jesus is doing in speaking to the sea is because the sea was responding to what the wind was doing. And so Jesus, in speaking to the wind, he deals with the source of their problem. And then in speaking to the sea, he deals with the consequences of their problem. Lord have mercy. The Lord is able to speak to the source of our problem, the source of our storm, but then he is also able to address all the consequences that can come about because of our storm. And so, and so, and so he speaks to the source of the storm, the wind. Stop it. Peace. Stop it. Calm down. Then he speaks to the sea. Peace. Be still. All the consequences coming upon you. Peace. Be still. The, the, the threats about you, lo- you losing your job because of this storm. Peace. Be still. The threats of financial ruin because of what has been happening to you. Peace. Be still. The threats of your marriage falling apart. Peace. Be still. All the consequences that are threatening you. The Lord speaks to the source and he deals with the consequences. But the Lord... It's after all this is done, after the Lord deals with all of this, that he looks at his disciples and he asks them three questions. Now, you would think the Lord would look at his disciples and says, okay, boys, I got this. Don't worry about it. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. Calm down. It's all good. We're good here. We're safe. We're safe. It's good. That's not what he does. He looks at his disciples and he, he asks them three questions. And the three questions come as somewhat of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a reprimand to them. He spoke to the wind and told it to calm down. But then he looks at his disciples and he speaks somewhat of a reprimand to them. Because he asked them three questions. Now, as you, to get the three questions, you have to look at what, Mark said, what Matthew says, what Mark says, and what Luke says. And as you do that, the three questions that you come up with is question number one is Jesus asked them, why are you so fearful? That's the first question. Why are you so fearful? The second question that he asked them is, how is it that you have no faith? How is it that you have no faith? And then the third question that he asked them is, where is your faith? Where is your faith? In other words, there is nothing said to the disciples in order to comfort them or to encourage them or to reaffirm them concerning what they have just experienced and what they have just gone through because of the storm. What they instead receive from the Lord is a simple yet direct reprimand from the Lord concerning the lack of faith that they have just displayed to him. 
Have you ever had a time in your life, has anybody else in here besides me ever had a time in your life where the Lord came to you and you were expecting comforting words, encouraging words, supportive words, and instead of that, he came to you and asked you the question, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting like this? What's, What's going on with you right now? Don't you want to comfort me, Jesus? Hold me in your arms. No, 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 later. I'll do that later. Right now, I just want to know what's wrong with you. Now, the reason why the Lord is asking them these questions is directly related to what he had already said to them when they first started out on their journey, which was, let us pass over to the other side. And so whatever happens with them and to them from the time that they started off with the Lord until the time that they reached their final destinations, dear ones, it doesn't change or alter what the Lord has already ordained. You go make it to the other side. Whatever happens, don't worry about it. You go make it to the other side. But dear ones, it is that third question. That the Lord asked them. That is so probing. It is so probing. Because he, he, he asked them the question, the third one. He says, where is your faith? Where is it? I know you have it. Where is it? I know you have some. What is it in? Where did you put it? I know you have it, but where did you put it? Where is it? And why isn't it in me? Why isn't it fully in me? And so for many of us, dear ones, the question that we now have to begin to address is not necessarily a lack of faith. It is a misplacing of your faith and a misappropriation of your faith. You have it, you've just placed it in the wrong stuff, in the wrong people, in the wrong things. It's not a lack of faith that you have. You have faith, you just put it in that person or that thing or that institution rather than putting it fully in the Lord. Where is your faith? Where is it? Now that question, it causes us to evaluate ourselves and ask ourselves, what what is it that I really am trusting in? I know I should have confidence in, 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 in this person who I'm married to. I should have confidence in this person. But should I put that much confidence? I know I should have confidence in my ability to go to work. I got my confidence in my, in my employer. But that much confidence? I know I should have confidence in my kids that they love me. But, but, but that, that much Where is your faith? Is it fully in the Lord? Or has it been misappropriated and misplaced? And the Lord has a a portion of your faith. He has a portion of your trust. He has a portion of your confidence. But not fully all of it. Not really all of it. If you were to percentage it out, you, you would say, Jesus, you have 57%. And then I've got 13 over here and 12 over there and 5 over here and 2 on behind, oh, this thing behind me. The Lord says, he says, where, 
Where is your faith? You all have been with me through so many things. You all have seen me. You all have experienced my power. You all have have gone through situations with me and saw how I handled them. We have walked together through these things. But now you question? Now you're struggling to believe? Where is your faith? Sometimes the Lord will just come ask you, where is it? Where is it? Come on, show me. Show me where it is. Stop. I ain't got none. No, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. You know you got some. I know you got some. I put it in you. I know you got it. But where is it? Dear ones, this is Pastor Michael Fields, and here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.